shake at the sound of Jesus' name. Life's made whole, hearts awake at the sound of Jesus' name. Chains will fall, prisons shake at the sound of Jesus' name. Life's made whole, hearts awake at the sound of Jesus' name.
claim victory in Jesus' name. It cannot hide the light Whom shall I fear? You crush the enemy Underneath my feet You are my sword and shield No troubles linger still Whom shall I fear? I know who goes before me, and I know who stands behind. The God of angel armies is always by my side. The one who reigns forever, he is a friend of mine. The God of angel armies is always by my side.
How great the chasm that lay between us How high the mountain I could not climb In desperation I turned to heaven And spoke your name into the night Then through the darkness Your loving kindness Tore through the shadows of my soul The work is finished The end is written Jesus Christ, my What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross has
Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Mm, we're not just singing. We're speaking words of truth. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. I can, I can speak those words, those, the song lyrics. They're not just songs. We're just not just singing. That is truth in my life. I hope it's truth in your life. These aren't just songs. These are words, lyrics. This is life. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. Do you know death had its grip on so many? You know, before we came to Jesus, death had its grip on us. But you, Jesus, has broken every chain and there's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Thank you. Let's give the Lord some praise. Let's praise Him for what He's done. He's done a mighty awesome work on the cross in our lives. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Oh God, you are my living hope. Thank you, Lord, for that promise of eternity, of eternal life in you, God. So thankful, Father that you have offered it so freely. And I pray for those that have not freely taken it, that they would check their hearts right now and receive that free gift of salvation in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that came to earth and died on the cross for our sins, that rose again on the third day back to life. He broke the chains of bondage, the chains of death, hell in the grave. He broke that in Jesus' name. And now he's back in heaven with God the Father. Holy Spirit, thank you, God, for that work. So thankful. So thankful. Look at your neighbor and say, so thankful. And it's good to see you this morning. Greet some people and say hello. Amen. You guys thankful for Jesus? Amen, amen. Are you thankful that he saved you and that he didn't stay dead? Without his resurrection, we have no hope. Like Carlin was saying, each of us were, were we were deserving of death, but Jesus... But Jesus, when he rose, that solidified everything he said that he would do. And now we have hope today. We have a power within us as a Holy Spirit, as a believer, that we can walk in this life here on earth that is temporary as we prepare for eternity with him. Amen. I'm excited about that. First-time guests, if you are a first-time guest, I know we're, we're not as many this morning because of the cold, but if you're a first-time with us at Orchardville, just slip up your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. just want to recognize that we have some first-time guests in here. I know we have some. So let's make them feel welcome. Amen. 
Thank you for being with us today. Uh, I pray, right, I prayed before the service, I'm praying right now that God is ministering to your heart and you're, you're, you're sensing and knowing how much God loves you and the people of this church love you. So if you're a first-time guest, there's a, there's a card in the seat in front of you. If you'll fill that out, turn it in at the welcome desk after church. We have a little gift for you. Um, again, just to thank you for being with us today, and I pray again that you're enjoying what God is doing here. All right. We've been talking about going to another level the last two weeks. We're going to continue that this week and finish it up next week. Um, this week, we're talking about death. Woo, that's fun, Rick. Thanks for talking about it. No problem. I was reminded this week of something that's very, very, very important, and that's this. How you live is important when you die. How you live is important when you die. We buried our son and my mom within the last 17, 16, 17 months. How you live is important when you die. Now, Jackson was one of the finest young men you could ever meet. I heard four amens. I'm going to need like all of them. Jackson was one of the finest young men you could meet. <clears throat> I told him so. <laughs> and my mom was one of the finest ladies you'd ever meet. Amen. And the statement about how you live is important when you die is true for them. Did you know that my son and my mom died a long time before their heart stopped beating? They both decided years ago that they would die to self and live for him. And they did a great job of doing that. They did that so that Jesus would be seen in them. They both wanted to be all that Jesus wanted them to be. And again, I think they got very close to what Jesus would have them be. And now they're celebrating every single day with him. How you live is important when you die. How many of you in here want to be everything that God wants you to be? Okay. How many of you are willing to do what the Lord has called you to do so that you can be all that you can be for him? Okay. Most of us. We can move toward being all Jesus wants us to be if we obey him on our subject that we're talking about today. Death. Now, I'm going to read again our scripture that we've been going over throughout this series. Luke 9, 23, if you want to go there with me. It'll be on the screen as well for those lazy folk that don't want to open their Bibles or their phones. You open your phone every other time, go ahead and open it to the scripture and highlight it. Luke 9, 23, then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, me being Jesus, let him deny himself, we talked about that, and take up his cross daily and follow me. And Jesus, again, in this is responding to Peter's confession of him as Lord and Savior. If you've confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior, this verse is also his response to you. 
Jesus calls for his followers to have a desire to be with him and a desire to follow him. Excuse me if I cough a little bit. I'm still dealing with the throat stuff. But he calls for his followers to deny themselves also and make him and his ways a priority in their lives. And he calls for them now this week, as we're looking at, to take up their cross. Take up their cross. And the cross was familiar to the disciples as he's talking about this. All the disciples were born and raised under Roman occupation. So their entire lives were lived with the Romans as their rulers. And they were familiar, very familiar with the ways of the Romans, including their ways of execution. So the Romans were very creative in their ways of executing people, and they reserved uh, crucifixion for the worst criminals and those who were not Roman citizens. And those who were going to be crucified were given this task, a cruel task, of carrying their own execution instrument to their place of death. When Jesus said cross, take up your cross, the disciples had no doubt what he was talking about. And the cross meant death. It meant death. They knew this. And there was only one outcome to carrying a cross, and it was dying. And the disciples had seen so many people walk out with the crosses and never come back. What Jesus is saying here is is a radical concept to think about. To live as a follower, we must die. We've got to die. And Jesus takes this concept one step further. He's not saying all of his followers, you just take up your cross once. You know, when you give your life to me and you surrender your life and you pray and you, and you believe in me, he's not saying you just do it once. You are to do it every single day. Every day. Not only are they to die, but they're to die every day. And this is impossible to do physically. We know this. So Jesus has to be talking about something else. What does he mean when he calls for his followers to die daily? We're going to go to Galatians 2.20 in just a minute. Paul wrote the letter to the Galatians. And we looked at Paul's life a little bit last week, particularly his life before Christ. And in Acts 9, we're told, if you haven't read that story, read it. It's exciting, it's powerful, that his life took a 180-degree turn. Now, this was Saul, before he was Paul, persecuting Christians, doing everything he could to arrest them, to come up against them, to be everything opposite of Jesus. And in this moment in Acts 9, his life takes a turn. It was on the Damascus road that Paul came to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, and it was there that Paul's life changed forever. Forever. His life didn't just change that day, but his life was changed every day for the rest of his life. That's the power of the gospel. That's what we get to walk in every single day if we choose to die to ourselves. Are you a Christian today? If we are saved, if we're born again, we've all had the Damascus Road experience, right? It may not have been as dramatic as Paul's, okay? You may have not had the Lord speak directly to you and, and knock you down and blind you, but we're all the same. We've had the experience, if we are a believer, of coming to know Jesus and our life changing forever. 
Amen. Our lives were changed on that day. And our lives should be changed every day for the rest of our lives. And he gives this summary of salvation uh, working itself out in his everyday life in Galatians 2.20. It says this. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. We got to understand that. It's not about Rick anymore. It's not about Sarah. It's not about Aaron. It's no longer I who live when this happens, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, here and now, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and he gave himself for me. That is powerful. So we're going to look at how salvation worked itself out in Paul's everyday life. He had been crucified with Christ. And the cross of Christ is where the old sinful nature of Paul died. He was done with it. Paul died to the old ways when he accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. And when he came to the cross, he died there. He died to himself. He was no longer living for Paul. His old life was dead. To really understand, I think about my own life, and again, I told you guys I was, I was saved when I was like six, okay? But I didn't come to this realization until I was out of high school of who Jesus wanted to be in my life. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand what dying to self meant. I had said I confessed Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but I didn't live for him. There's a difference. If you confess him as Lord of your life, then he is sovereign, he is over all things, and everything you do now is to glorify him. Amen. Your life changes. So this life he now lived was Christ living through him. It was a life marked by faith in the one who loved him and died for him. Now, please don't ever forget that Jesus died for all of us. So many times we forget the sacrifice of what he actually did for us. He carried, Paul carried his cross daily. Every day he considered himself dead. The only life he had was the life of Christ. If he did anything during the day, he knew that it was Jesus working through him. Right? And we've been talking about going to another level in our faith these past few weeks, and we're looking at how we can take our relationship with Christ to the next level. How can we apply Paul's example in our own lives? How can we take this concept of death into our own living? We've got to first consider yourself crucified with Christ. The old man, the old self died on the cross with Jesus. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we die to the old life and the old ways. That is so powerful when you think back to some of the people, even people in this room and their old ways, what they looked like, what they talked like, what they acted like, and to see God turn that around is powerful. To step out and realize the transforming power of the gospel of Jesus and the forgiveness found in him, when you embrace that and you walk away from the old life into the new life in Jesus, People notice. There is change that happens inside of you. And you understand, I don't want to go back to that. Because he's freed me from it. 
and I'm going to walk in the newness of Christ. You are a new creation in him. Now, we have a baptism filled up because we were going to have a baptism today. Some of the family members got sick, so we're going to postpone that to next month. But I told Mark this morning, leave it. Because if God wants to spontaneously have a baptism this morning because somebody's going to call on the name of the Lord and believe on him, I'll explain the class while I baptize you. Okay? <clears throat> so in the back of your mind, just be praying for that this morning. I know there's not a lot of people here, but I feel like if somebody comes to the Lord today, we're going to go ahead and get them baptized as well. And I know it's cold outside. I brought extra shorts for whoever that person might be. So your jeans or your whatever don't have to get wet, okay? I'm ready. We die to the old, old life, our old ways. And, and that in itself, when you think about that, I know I've talked with you guys, I know a lot of your testimonies and where you came from. Man, that's powerful. And that speaks to people. There's been some times where I scratched my head and I said, my goodness, Lord, you can save anybody. Because I knew how they were. And how dare we limit the power of God. He can change anyone. That's how powerful his love is. And his mercy and grace extends to us. <clears throat> when we come to Jesus, we die there. We should die to ourselves. We should no longer live for ourselves. Our old life is now dead. The life we now live should be Christ living through us. And our life should be marked by faith that's lived by faith in Jesus. We should carry our cross every day. Every day. Every day. The only life we have is the life of Christ. If anything happens in our life, it should be Jesus working through us. Him working through us. How can we carry our cross every day? You know, is, is there any kind of particular applications, Rick, that, that'll help me carry my cross every day? You know, you're talking all spiritual and it sounds nice and you're dying to self, letting Jesus live through us, but how do I do that? How can I really practically do that in my life? How can I really carry a cross? Are you going to hand one to me that I can put in my pocket and remind? No. But you take up your cross when you get up. Every day. When we get up in the morning, all our plans and ideas gather in our mind. We all do that. Some of us hit snooze and we go back to sleep. But when you eventually wake up, you think about your day. What's about to happen in my day? And a disciple of Jesus, before they hit the floor, will get up, grab the cross off the floor, and go in Jesus' name for whatever's going to happen. We need to get up every morning with the attitude that this day is the Lord's day. And we need to do that Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Every time we get up. This day is the Lord's day. And I'm going to live for him. I'm going to die to self. I'm going to live for him. Every day. Can you guys say that every morning? Of course you can. Can you live it every day? 
Yes, by the power of the Holy Spirit within you. We can say, Jesus, I give myself to you today to use in whatever way you see fit. Some of us don't want to pray that because it's scary. We've prayed it before and we understand that God takes our prayers seriously and he might just challenge us to do what we've asked him to do in our lives, right? Lord, you saved me for a purpose and today I give myself to you for that purpose. Whether you're going to work, you're going to school, whatever it is, start your day off by giving your life to the Lord all over again. Make it a point to remember that you died and that Jesus is now your life. Make it a point to remember that this day could be your last and dedicate it to the Lord. I've learned that all too well here lately, that every day we're here is a blessing, but it could be my last day here. I want to do what the Lord would have me do while I'm here. (coughs) Get up in the morning and take up your cross. Carry that cross throughout the day. When we live our lives carrying our cross, we never know what the day is going to hold. But guess what? He does. When I get up in the morning, sometimes I have an idea what my day is going to look like. But there may be things pop up throughout the day that I wasn't expecting, but God did. And I need to be ready to die to self and live for him, right? Our days are totally in the hands of the Lord as we commit them to him. Every good thing that happens in our lives each day is a gift from God. So are the bad things. That doesn't make sense, Rick. Every good thing that happens is a gift from the Lord. Every trying thing, every difficult thing is an opportunity offered to us from the Lord to continue to die to self and walk in him. When Jesus is living through us, only he knows exactly what we're going to see throughout our days. And we need to be alert. I've told you guys this before. I think there are so many opportunities that we miss out on because we are oblivious to the Holy Spirit wanting to do things through us. We neglect the Lord throughout the day when he is wanting to use us in powerful ways. If we'll have our spiritual radar in tune with him, he's giving us opportunities to make an impact on those around us. Be alert. If you die to self and live for Christ, things are going to happen I just told Sarah this week, and she's arguing with me, like ladies do sometimes. (laughs) Kidding. Love me. (laughs) But this this last couple weeks, in the midst of, you guys know what, you know, I, I talk about this a lot, but I probably will continue to, in the midst of what we're dealing with as a family and going through These last two weeks, God has reminded me, I will succumb to what you said, honey, of why I'm doing what I'm doing. I have had such an influx of people not seeking me, but seeking answers, and it's found in Jesus. Like a lot. And it's awesome. 
because I am reminded that this life is not about me, it's about pointing people to him. And people are reaching out for hope in this broken, dark, messed up world. And for whatever reason, God is just bringing them in in big ways right now. And again, I love it. Visited with a lady yesterday in the hospital. And she said something to the effect of, you didn't have to come all the way over here. And I said, it's a blessing to know you. It's a blessing for me to get to be with you in this moment right now. Because what we share together is God's love. So it's a blessing when trials come. It's a blessing when the difficulties come because God still shines through them if you will die to self and allow him to. Be alert. Again, things are going to happen as you, as you die to self, submit yourself to Christ and live for him, things will happen. We are a body for Jesus to work through and Jesus always has opportunities. And the great thing about dying to self is that when opportunities come, Jesus will be prepared. Amen. We don't have to say, I'm going about my day and whoa, 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 wasn't prepared for this, I'll get back with you. We can confidently, as we die to self and let his Holy Spirit live in us, ah, I wasn't expecting this, but do your thing, God. Work through me. Give me the words. Give me the love. Give me the, give me the heart that shares your love with people. We, na- we may not be prepared, but he will because we are allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us. And if we submit to him, he will lead us into doing the right things. And we also not only need to be alert, but we've got to be prepared. Because not everyone's going to take kindly to a sold out, dead to self Jesus lover. Not everybody likes that. So be prepared for that. They will try to make it hard on you because their father, the devil, if you don't know Christ as your savior, you're serving the devil. Okay, so they will make it, try to make it hard on you because their father, the devil, hates you, hates me, hates what we're doing for the Lord, hates that we die to self and allow Jesus to live through us by the power of the Holy Spirit. He hates it. Be prepared for that. Be prepared that everybody's not going to be loving the fact that you're serving Jesus with everything you have. That's part of it. Matthew 10, I'm going to buzz through some scriptures here. Matthew 10, 22. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end will be saved. Matthew 24, 9. Then they will deliver you up to the tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. John 15, 18 through 19. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Listen, if you're loved by all the world, that's a, that's a red flag. The world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. 
Philippians 1.29, for to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but to also suffer for his sake. 2 Thessalonians 1.5, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. You mean that's the part of this too? It's just not all lovey-dovey and everything's great? No, we got to suffer for Christ. We're going to be hated. We're going to get some persecution. We're going to get people that come up against us. But in those, we're going to get a world that's coming up against us. But you have to be able to stand in the middle of that and say, I'm still dying to self. I'm not going to conform to what the world would want, what the enemy would want. I'm going to stand for Jesus and I'm going to live for him. I'm going to show you guys, and I'm not talking about this extreme, although if it comes, I am concerned about who will stand in the midst of it. Because sometimes when the first hard thing comes up in your life right now, and I'm not saying this to be mean, I'm saying it because I care. When the first difficult thing, when the first hard thing comes up in your life, the first thing you do is quit on God. You got to be able to stand. You got to be prepared for what's coming at you. If you are not prepared, if you are not seeking the Lord each day, if you're not dying to self, if you're not studying your word, knowing your word, applying that word, if you're not talking to God, when difficult things come, you will quit and you will be overtaken by the enemy. I've seen it. I wanted to do it last year. But I was prepared. Even though I didn't feel like it in the moment, God prepared me to stand or to let my church pick me up when I couldn't pick myself up. There are people facing what you're about to see in this video of an ultimate example of taking up the cross. There are people facing this in the past. They're facing it now. They will face it in the future. We have not seen much of it here, but I believe it's coming where we will physically be persecuted. Are we going to be able to say, I died to myself a long time ago. I live for him, so do as you want. I am not forsaking Jesus. Watch this clip. Now, we may never have the opportunity to die for Christ. But if you're listening to my voice right now, you have the opportunity to live for him. If you're watching online today, throughout this week, you may not ever have to die for Christ, but you have an opportunity right now to live for him. Again, how you live is important when you die. And if you look at it 
from the side of when you die to self, it's important how you begin to live your life for Jesus. Do you have faith in Jesus like what we just watched? Do you have that kind of faith that no matter what, I will not forsake him? That was Richard Wormbrand who led an underground church and was caught and arrested for it. Do we have that kind of faith? If you don't, There's good news, you can have that today. If you guys will stand this morning, our praise team would come back up. I saw an evangelist recently, so I was just about to tell you to bow your heads for a minute, but he said he never tells people to bow their heads. Because if Jesus could hang naked on a cross, dying for our sins, and not be ashamed of it, then we can keep our heads up and look to the cross and not have to bow our eyes and be shameful of our life or how we are right now. But we can embrace what he did and not be ashamed of where we're at. And we can do that because, again, Jesus offers forgiveness. Jesus offers grace and mercy and love. And you may be in here today all messed up, all confused, all lost, all without hope. But you can find it in Jesus. Your life is not too messed up for God not to take it and do a 180 with it just like he did for Paul. And I know the pain, I know the hurt, I know what's going on inside your heart and your mind right now, but trust me when I say, Jesus can change it all. He can change it all. Father, we come to you right now. God, I know what you've done in my life. I know how you changed me, God, and you continually, you're changing me into more like your son, Jesus. And Lord, I know what it's, what it's like to wake up in the morning without much hope. God, I know what it's like to go to sleep at night. Before you fall asleep, you cry yourself to sleep because you hate yourself. I know what it's like. I know what it's like to put on a face like everything's okay, but inside you're completely messed up and destroyed and you're hurting. I know what it's like. Lord, I know what it's like to serve you and still have moments where I'm down. But God, the difference is For those that don't know you, have no hope in those moments. For those of us that do, we know you are carrying us. We know you are strong when we're weak. We know that you still love us. So God, right now, I speak to hearts that are hurting. Believers, unbelievers, whatever it is this morning, God. Lord, I pray for people to come to you today in this altar.
Lord, if they have never confessed you as Lord and Savior, if they've never believed in you as the Son of God, and that you died on the cross for them, that you forgive them, that you rose from the grave, and that you are now seated in heaven, you are interceding on our behalf as believers. Lord, if they've never made that confession of faith, Lord, I pray they come this morning. Lord, it's heavy on my heart today that people would come to you. Lord, if there are believers in this room that have not been dying to self, truly dying to self, Lord, I pray they come and repent of living for themselves, God, and not for you. I pray they come and they wake up each day from now on and just say, this day is yours, God. I confess you. You're my Lord and Savior. I carry my cross today and I give you every day. Lord, let them come and make things right with you today. Just praise you and I thank you for who you are. Wrap us in your love this morning in these altars, God, as we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.
haven't noticed, things are happening. God has a way of showing up and doing some things. And I, and I sensed there was a reason I told Mark to leave that up. So, Adam gave his heart to the Lord this morning. <laughs> Megan, over here, has been fighting it for a while. She said of coming back to the Lord, she almost didn't come today. She rededicated her life to the Lord right here. She's going to be baptized. My brother Ron here in the front row, he's new with us today. He gave his life back, rededicated his life to the Lord today. So Adam and Megan are changing, getting ready. Audrey, you still have your camera here? Or a phone or something? Uh, it's, it's not charged, it's in my office, in my closet, but it needs a different battery in it. I think they're in Jake's office. Hey, this is a good problem to have, all right? So, Man, it's good, 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 good. Adam, if you'll come up here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. My shorts look good on you, man. I'll have you go ahead and get in here first. Yeah, yeah. He's got his other two kids coming from OC Kids so they can be a part of this and see it. They're going to get them, but you can go ahead and go in here. I will not baptize you till they're here. You can go ahead and sit down. Woo-hoo! We'll get our camera so we can get some pictures of this too. God is good. God is good. God is good. God is good. Yeah. And... Don't let me forget for you, for Megan, Ron, I've got you guys three discipleship books, uh, three testimony books of how God's changed people's lives and, and Bibles for you guys. Um, Ron, I'm going to assign you me and Aaron to help you out in this, okay? Adam, I have a gentleman that's been through our uh, first mile discipleship training that will meet with Adam weekly disciple him takes four to six weeks out of your life and then he's got a friend forever in jesus one of my people one of my jake right here that's our youth pastor jake caps and myself will be helping you out okay and then megan megan's over there come on up here megan come on up i'll have you right over here by kevin and who's going to help Megan, church, ladies? Who's going to help Megan out? Been with our first mile discipleship, you know what I need you to do. Ladies, ladies, it's been through it. 
Stephanie Church. Stephanie, Megan, you see Stephanie right there? She's going to help you. She's going to get with you before you leave here today, and she's going to help you in your walk with the Lord. Okay? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. That's how we're doing things now. Me, you guys, we're training people up to be disciples of Christ. It's not about we're so happy you're saved, we're so happy we get to baptize you so everybody can see it. It's about helping them walk this out. Okay? So I'm excited for them. I'm excited that we're baptizing them right in the middle of a Sunday where we weren't expecting to baptize anybody. Okay? So Adam, just a little bit ago, we prayed together. We talked. I just met this man this week. Met him. Talked to him. He just said, I need help. You know what? Sometimes that's all it takes. You to admit that you need some help. You can't do this anymore by yourself. And I'm thankful he reached out. And I'm thankful that God sent his son, Jesus, to save. There's your other kiddos. Come on over here, guys. He's been running and running and running and running the wrong direction. And today, he's decided to stop running and confess Jesus as his Lord and Savior. That's the first step. And what you're doing right now is the second step. We just talked about this in this message, and I told you before church, well, I'm going to preach on dying to self. For the last how many years, it's been about you. It's not about you anymore. As you go down in that water today, that's the old Adam dying. Just as Christ was buried in the tomb. And when you come up out of that water, that is the new Adam. You are a new creation in Jesus. And you're letting everybody in here know you are professing Christ as your Lord and Savior. And because you have done that this morning, if you want to go ahead and put your hand on your nose, even if you don't want to, because you have confessed Christ as your Savior and believed on Him, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Kevin's got a towel for you over here. Amen, amen, amen. Megan, you'll be stepping in here next. You guys haven't been prepped for this at all, but right after this, I'm going to have you both go down in the front, and we're going to shake your hand before you get out of here today. This church is. Megan, come on over. Listen, I just met Megan 20 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago. This water's not as warm as it usually is. I apologize. But it's colder outside. <laughs> this is Megan. And like I said, she, from what I just heard, wasn't even going to maybe come today. But God had plans for you. 
this moment right now to come home to him. And I am so thankful that you are here today and I'm so thankful that you responded to the Holy Spirit's call on your heart to come home to Jesus. I'm so thankful you rededicated your life to him. And you profess Jesus as your savior, correct? And we are, I know you've got a good group, a strong group around you, but we've got people here too that are gonna love you and help you through the highs and the lows of your life. You've got Jesus that's gonna stick closer than a brother to you. And you've got church folks and family that love you and we care about you. I know you don't know me, that's hard to take from me, but I promise you, you are loved. Megan, because you confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you came running home to him this morning, I'm going to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. People come to the Lord. So Orchardville Church, as we play some exiting music, not dismissal music, because we don't do that around here. You're not dismissed. You're going to be sent to win more people to Jesus so we can see this week in and week out of people giving their lives to the Lord. But I'm going to have them come down, and as you're leaving today, please come by, hug their neck, introduce yourself. Again, this is Megan and Adam, okay? Let them know how much they're loved and how proud of you, them you are, all right? Love you guys, and I will see you Wednesday night.